Coming up, what's the cap on Big Ten teams in the NCAA tournament? Joe Lenardi has 11 in the mix right now. Could it get up to 12? Plus, Big Ten coaches and experts are talking about the state of Big Ten football. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there, Nate Dickinson with you here. Thanks for tuning in to Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about what's going on in the conference every day of the week. Coming up on today's show, later on we're going to discuss what's going on with Big Ten football according to some people in Big Ten football. The American Football Coaches Association yearly meetings took place recently. ESPN's Adam Rittenberg was there and got some insider info and quotes from coaches around the Big Ten. We'll get into that later on, but first, I want to talk about bracketology. Joe Lenardi has 10 Big Ten teams in the tournament, another one just out in the first four out, and another team not even in the conversation yet who was an AP preseason top 25 squad. Could it be that we have 12 Big Ten teams in the conversation on Selection Sunday? We'll get to that in just a moment. Coming up on today's show, we'll of course talk all about that and more, but first, Let's get into what's getting you our show today, LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's dive right into what's going on with bracketology. As I mentioned, in the latest update from Joe Lenardi, the ESPN expert bracketologist, as he's coined, he has 10 Big Ten teams in the field, much more than any other conference in the tournament. And it's because the Big Ten has been not only beating up on itself, but proving that these are really good teams top to bottom, something we kind of already, already knew, but it's now being proven out there on the court. The 10 teams are as such in order of seeding. Purdue is, of course, a one seed. Rutgers and Illinois both at five seeds. Illinois, or I'm sorry, Iowa and Michigan State at seven seeds. Ohio State a nine seed. Wisconsin and Indiana tens. Maryland 11. Penn State 11 in a play-in game. And then Northwestern just barely out as, according to Lenardi, the third team out of the field of 68. That is 10 teams in the Big Ten tournament. Another one just barely out. And if you're trying to keep track, okay, who isn't mentioned? It's Minnesota, which expected. It's Nebraska, which expected. And it's Michigan, team that was the preseason number 22 team in the country. So there's opportunity here with 10 teams in the conversation. Another one right there. And Michigan, with a couple of wins, ready to get right back in it too. Michigan right now is the number three team in the Big Ten standings. This is a team that had plenty of blemishes on its record from the non-conference but if it wins enough in the big 10 they're going to get in the tournament we already know the talent is there and the resume can get to a point still where it would be undeniable to keep the wolverines out so you're looking at a potential 12 teams who are still really firmly in this conversation as we get into the second half of january which is exceptional but what does it mean for the big 10's chances once we get into tournament play well, Nardi actually points out that with the Big Ten having 10 teams, the Big 12 and the SEC also doing extremely well, 
there's going to be a lot of weird, weird decisions to be made with actual bracket making. Uh, there's rules, of course, with regionalizing things and not having too many teams from your conference in your same bracket. He mentioned you don't have to break any of those rules right now, and it's not really something that would affect things too much. But who knows, like a Big Ten team may have to face off just against somebody they wouldn't normally have because of the number of Big Ten teams in the tournament. It won't affect the quality of the team they're playing all that much. Like they're not going to change seating to follow one of those rules. There's the rules in place to try and make sure it's as fair as possible. But as it stands, just with how crowded it is with three or four conferences, there's going to be a whole lot of overlap and hard decisions to make once we do get to that selection Sunday and someone actually has to make the bracket. That's a little bit beyond the point. My point in bringing it up is that while it's a hard thing for bracketologists to do, it's not something where it's like, oh, a team like Penn State's going to get screwed over and given a worse seed because there's so many other Big Ten teams ahead of it in this bracket. That's not how it works. But what is actually going on here? First off, the Big Ten's getting the respect it deserves. The respect in the tournament projections that aren't showing up in the top 25 rankings. This week, the Big Ten has Purdue at number, 23, or at number three and Rutgers at number 23 in the top 25. And while the seedings that the Big Ten is getting in this tournament match up with where the AP pollsters are voting, it's just not showing the whole picture of that top 25 when you look and see only two Big Ten teams there. You see it in the bracketology. When you get to that five to 10 seed range, a whole bunch of Big Ten teams are in the picture. So a reason to be at least optimistic when you look at that compared to when you look at where the Big Ten is right now. Part of the reason why, though, there aren't teams at the top from the Big Ten, because this is something that's been a problem for a while, at least the last few years. There's been a lack of uh, dominant teams. Purdue's there right now. But before it's been, okay, yeah, the Big Ten has a bunch of good teams, but not really anybody you can count on to compete for a national championship or is one of the favorites going into March. Now Big Ten has one of those in Purdue, but everybody else is still falling off. Nobody else even in the top four seeds, which is, of course, where you get projected to make the next weekend in this tournament. So what happens next for the Big Ten's teams that are in that kind of middle-of-the-pack range? Because everyone's either from a 5 seed to an 11 seed in a spot where they could easily move a whole bunch up or fall off, too. I think the first thing you need to remember for the Big Ten is that it's a lot easier to fall out than it is to climb up in these rankings. Now, the further down low you are, if you're looking at the teams that are like 9, 10 seeds in these projections, the kind of like Ohio State, Wisconsin's, Indiana, Maryland's, there's plenty of room still for them to get up to like 5, 6 seed range. But the idea that Indiana is going to be a top 4 seed by the end of the season, I think you need to just get rid of that now. That was a preseason expectation, and it's no longer there for the Hoosiers. So the good news is if you're a Big Ten team around that range, you have a whole bunch of room to go up, even a, a Rutgers or an Illinois or a Michigan State. Those teams in that kind of range, maybe they can move up into the top four seedings. But I think what you need to look at when you start to look at these names and where we're at right now, because it's pretty easy to say, oh, well, 12 Big Ten teams in the, com in the conversation, that needs to weed itself out still. We need to play more Big Ten basketball and see how many teams are actually going to be here at the end. But when you actually look at just where your team is, if you're following an individual school, 
I think you need to start to accept that, okay, where we are right now is where we start to put our range for the end of the season. So if you're, say, in Iowa, who Lenardi has as a seven seed right now, I think you need to start to realize that, all right, if we get hot, maybe we can get up to like a four or five seed. Hopefully we don't entirely fall off and fall out of the bracket. But with the way that things stand right now, you can think that your team's going to get hot and get up to a top two, three seed. And that's still on the table because the opportunity is there for everyone. And if you're a team that's in this spot, I'm sure you've looked ahead at the schedule and are yelling at me right now. But wait, we got to play this team, this team, this team, this team. We beat that or we even get just a couple of wins out of that tough stretch. We can be in that prime position. And that's true for plenty of Big Ten teams. But you need to remember that's not how the Big Ten works. Teams beat up on each other. You're going to be able to win a game against a really good team just because you're a team that has the the competitive players to win in the Big Ten. But you're also probably going to lose a game that you probably shouldn't have. And that kind of balancing out is just something that Big Ten fans are used to, but you need to remember, especially when it gets to this time. when We've got a little bit more than a month left, and we're starting to really figure out, okay, where's our team going to be at at the end of the season? Hope is one thing. Be hopeful that your team can go on a run. But just be realistic and understanding that that is not how Big Ten basketball works. If your team's at a seven seed right now, yeah, go ahead. Figure out the path to get to a two seed. Do it. But you need to understand that there's probably going to be a couple of more roadblocks along the way that caps your ceiling at more like four seed, five seed. So I think that's the biggest thing here. When you see this huge list of Big Ten schools, yeah, It's probably not going to be 11 Big Ten teams in the tournament. I would be shocked if there were 12 Big Ten teams in the NCAA tournament. But when you try and figure out what your school needs to do, you got to factor in the possibility and likelihood, if we're being honest, that there's going to be a couple of losses that really, really sting between now and then as well. And factor that into what you need to do. Because there's too many people saying that, all right, you know what? If we beat this team, this team, and this team, we'll be okay. And then just penciling in the wins against the Minnesotas of the world that Ohio State just lost to, or the Nebraskas of the world that Purdue lost to in or beat in overtime. Those games are going to happen. So I'm just saying that while you factor in what does my team have to do to make this work, you should also be factoring in the idea that, all right, this isn't going to go exactly as planned. Let's give ourselves some insurance when projecting what needs to be done. Because now is the time when you start to look at the rest of the games and say, all right, what do we need to do to get in? And that's just something that needs to be taken into account, no doubt about it. We're going to continue along here on Locked On Big Ten in just a second and talk some more on what other Big Ten football coaches are talking about. ESPN did a little report over at the American Football Coaches Association yearly meetings in which it talked to people from around football and a couple of Big Ten names were mentioned. We'll get to that in just a second right here on Locked On Big Ten. Before we do that, though, as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in the new year all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. 
and with more than 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of, LinkedIn Jobs is unmatched. You can post your job for free right now. LinkedIn helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and do your post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college today. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about the college basketball world in one place. Plus, hear from the big name experts, insiders, coaches, players, and more. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So last week, the headlines were made when it was ESPN's Adam Rittenberg posting his conversations, of course, not in full, but quotes and tidbits from what he learned about what coaches and other experts from inside football think about the future of college football, where are teams headed. Rittenberg gathered quotes again from the American Football Coaches Association meetings in Charlotte and talked to a whole bunch of people about a whole bunch of different things. A whole bunch of stuff got brought up in his article but also a couple of points on the Big Ten. The first and the biggest one that made headlines was one Big Ten coach saying that Ohio State had lost its grip on the conference. Uh, I want to make sure that this is well understood because while this is, of course, big news, and it is the biggest headline that you get out of this article, at least from a Big Ten standpoint, you have to understand that what whoever this was, of course, anonymous sources, whoever it was that talked to Adam Rittenberg said, what he said was not a disparagement to what Ohio State is doing. Because, and this is a weird environment to be in, especially if you're like a Michigan fan who's now beaten them twice. And it's like, what do we have to do here? But even as Ohio State has started to lose those football games to the Wolverines and fail to appear in the Big Ten championship game for the second straight year, there's still the general feeling that the Buckeyes are at the top of the Big Ten as far as recruiting and just honestly prestige as a football program. And whatever it is that, whoever it is that said this did not take away from that. Ohio State's still a powerhouse. Ohio State's still going to do all that stuff. And there's no disrespect to Ohio State here. The point was more made about the players that Penn State has coming back, about, of course, the players that Michigan has coming back, and all the players that Ohio State is losing as well, too. And there's a big, big number about them. So while Ohio State is always going to be able to reload and be really, really good, and we know that, and that was even mentioned in the quotes about Ohio State, too, the concern about them losing their grip on the conference was more about how good Michigan and Penn State are looking next year compared to the drop-off we may see from Ohio State. It was less about Ohio State as a program and Ohio State's ability to do anything, really, against anybody else in the Big Ten. Yes, they lost to Michigan twice in a row, but the comments being made were not about just Ohio State's ability to win on the football field or, or Ohio State's ability to keep program prestige despite not winning on the football field. It was more than that, and it, it was... I don't want to say misleading the headline, but you see Big Ten coach says Ohio State has lost grip on the conference. And you think a little bit differently than what actually was said in there. Uh, the other note was on the Wisconsin offense. And it, it was a little bit more of a side note there, but mentioned in that what Luke Fickle's going to do there is going to be a lot different. And while that's something I think we knew, 
At the same time, I think it was well pointed out by Rittenberg when he wrote it, that Wisconsin is not only hiring someone with a new style here, but it's pretty consistently over the course of the last season shown that it wants to go in a different direction here. The firing of Paul Christ, who had been a consistently good head coach in the middle of the season, was a surprise. Not keeping Jim Leonard at the end of that season, who had been under Paul Christ and who everyone seemed to like in the school, was a surprise. And while it could easily just be the way that things played out, when you step back and look at all of those moves, you could easily put together that there was a concerted effort to go away from what Wisconsin had been doing. For whatever reason that is. Because the Badgers are always competing in the Big Ten. But I think there may be a realization as the conference starts to change that what's been competing in the Big Ten West may not necessarily cut it when we get rid of divisions here soon. So the transformation to Fickle's offense, I think we knew and have always known at the time was going to change things with Wisconsin on offense. And the Badgers are going to be still ferocious on defense as always. But I think I'm even not taking as seriously just how different this offense could look. Because when you hire a guy that's flashy and new at a Wisconsin school, yes, you're like, all right, let's get this going. Let's see what this guy can do with some of the good quarterback recruiting that we've had and are going to have. But it's still Wisconsin football. What we heard from Rittenberg and what apparently coaches are saying too is that it could be really interesting, the transformation that offense goes through. Do I expect them to entirely leave what they've been doing? No. They are well-rooted in recruiting and in everything that they do in a way that is not going to allow them to change entirely right away. But there's definitely the signs that this hiring of Luke Fickle was not just someone to try and shake up the offense, but something that Wisconsin may have been thinking about for a really, really long time, this kind of change of philosophy in the way that Wisconsin's offense is played. I'm really looking forward to seeing, especially now that coaches are thinking the same thing, just how different that offense looks. We're going to wrap up the show with some recruiting news here in just a second on Locked On Big Ten, get you everything that happened in what was a pretty big last couple of days as far as everything that's gone on on the recruiting trails. But before we do any of that, BetOnline is the number one source for all of your online sports gambling needs. Get the latest odds and trends for every pro and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup, you can do it all over at BetOnline. Big Ten basketball is heating up. You can place your bets over at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, let's wrap things up by taking a look at everything going on around the recruiting world. Some big names to tell you about. Let's start with football. On the field, Anthony Specka has chosen Penn State. He's a four-star linebacker out of the state of Pennsylvania. So a get for Penn State in-state, but they keep a guy home who had a whole lot of other offers. Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Purdue, Michigan State. That's just in the Big Ten and plenty other offers across the country, too. Penn State keeps him home and lands the four-star linebacker. Also, Gabriel Winovich commits to Rutgers, a four-star athlete out of Franklin, Michigan. He had other offers from Marshall and Maryland as well, but that's a four-star guy now headed to Rutgers. And another big win for Rutgers on the basketball court. Huge, huge win. Aries Bailey, five-star player, commits to Rutgers, the number six player in the class, according to 24-7 Sports. 
He, out of Georgia, had other offers from across the country, Kansas, Kentucky, Memphis, Texas, Auburn. It's a five-star recruit. I don't need to get the pedigree up for you. Rutgers gets him in a huge, huge get for the Scarlet Knights. Next time we have Jason Jordan on, we're going to have to ask him about that one. That's a look at all the recruiting news from around the Big Ten here for today. A reminder to tune in to Locked On Big Ten every day to get up to date on everything going on in the conference. I'll be back tomorrow with more. We'll have all sorts of stuff on the latest in Big Ten news. Until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter, on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts, of course, at Locked On Big Ten. One zero at the end, not T-E-N. And also be sure to follow me as well at Nate with Sports. Thank you again for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every weekday. Now over to your second listen, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next time with more here on Locked On Big Ten. Nate Dickinson with Locked On.